Well, welcome once again to the podcast. I'm your host, Giles Stevens. It's a joy to have you with me today. And always on these podcasts, my desire is to help you grow in wisdom and grace. And let me give you my catchphrase. I want you to learn with pleasure, live in abundance, and love without conditions. I think I'd like to add another L to that, something like leave your mark on this generation. I want to share a recording that I had during a live Zoom call with the mentorship group that I have with international evangelists in different parts of the world. And it always brings up a very rich conversation. This particular occasion, I wanted to mentor these guys and show them on this subject that if our speech is always filled with grace, then that will attract people to what we believe in our hearts. Effectively, your mouth reveals what's in your heart. And obviously, we want to share our hearts. We really believe that we have the solution to the world's problems in Christ Jesus. We have seen by the grace of God that it is the grace of God that actually conquers hearts in the right sense of the word and resolves all of our problems. It's by his grace, not by our works. It's by his goodness, not by our merit. And as soon as you get your head around that, then not only do you start prospering in every area of life, but then you can really start helping others to do the same. So on today's podcast, what I've done is I've taken a a little clip from that mentorship program and I wanted to share it with you. So after this bit of music, I'll be back there with the team explaining to them this wonderful, wonderful principle. And I believe it's going to really, really help you as well. Okay, I'll see you at the end. So welcome once again, everyone. It's great to have you with us. And we're just sharing a few thoughts here about how God doesn't just have an abundant life for us or even eternal life for us. He actually has a long life for us. But we're saying to live that long life, to get to an old age full of days, you really need to understand grace. And when you understand grace, then you enter into the peace and the joy of the Lord. If you're living under the Old Testament or under law, then you'll stress, you'll struggle, you'll strain, and that will rob you of years of your life. And I think it's really important that we talk about this because you're all in your 30s. And you know, so you've got a you've got um, a whole ministry life ahead of you. But I've seen many ministers kind of burn out or tire out or lose their zeal or just get too old to take on stuff. And I know there are seasons in life. I'm not saying there aren't, but at the same time, if Caleb can have strength as an old man like he did when he was young, if if Abraham can go through to what. 175 wasn't it or 185 and his eyes didn't dim and his strength didn't wane that's that's under the old covenant so much more us now the lord has limited our our years on earth but i think realistically you should be you should be aiming for at least 100 if the lord tarries and uh, but not 100 with suffering and pain 100 with with health and peace and joy hallelujah And so I'm just sharing with you about that. That's really important to get this revelation now because, you know, you are either rejuvenating yourself each and every day now, or you're actually 
wasting yourself. So it's not like, you know, it's not like you get to the age of 70 and then your decisions make a difference. No, your decisions today will make a difference whether you get to 70 or 80 or 90 or 100. Live the anxiety-free life today and then you get to the higher age group. But if you choose to go, you know, to walk by your own strength, base your ministry on, on your own seeking for approval from God or seeking for approval from man, that will just leave you anxious. If you can just rest in the fact that you're a beloved son, accepted in the beloved, hallelujah, and just preach that as well, then you'll find you live in a place of peace and all your congregation will be in a place of peace. And when you're evangelizing, you'll bring people into a place of peace. And, so, and, and let me say this as well. If you're stressed, the anointing won't flow through you. You all know that. The anointing flows best when you're relaxed. You know, when you're just relaxed, enjoying God, enjoying his presence, not worried. I made a post this week on Facebook, I think, saying pastors, relax, relax. So many pastors stress out about what they're going to preach every Saturday. It's a stress for them. What am I going to say? What am I going to say? What am I going to say? They get up on Sunday morning, stress. They get into the pulpit, stress. They open their mouths, stress. And then it doesn't flow. But why? Because they're stressed. I've discovered this, really, as a pastor, you don't need to come up with something new all the time, okay? Your primary purpose in the pulpit is to remind people of God's precious promises through Christ. That's it. You can get up every Sunday and just say, okay, guys, I want to remind you of the promises that have become available because of what Jesus did. You can, you can preach that message every Sunday and then just talk about one of the promises. Ah, oh, you can be healthy today because of what Jesus did. You can be saved today because of what Jesus did. You can be at peace today because of what Jesus did. You can reconcile your marriage today because of what Jesus did. You can be provided for. You just, just tell people the blessings, the promises because of what Jesus did. That's what a being a pastor is. That's our message. We haven't got another message. So relax. Just say that message. You don't have to have the latest teaching on, I don't know, self-help or leadership development. No, you're there to preach Christ. Christ and him crucified. Hallelujah. So, and the other thing is, this is the glory of the Lord. If you're rested, then when you get up in the pulpit, the little meager offering you have, you know, the few thoughts in your heart and mind to share with your congregation, he will then multiply in, in your heart and mind. So you start talking and then you won't be able to stop. You think you've only got five minutes, you know, to share or, or five minutes worth of material. But as you start talking about it, he'll just keep adding to it and adding to it and adding to it. So pastors relax, I say, because if you don't relax, you know, not only are you going to cut your life short, but you're also not going to flow in the anointing. And again, let's think about it. It's the anointing that is the rejuvenating force of the Lord. So you want to get that anointing on you when you're, when you're ministering, you want to be flowing in the anointing. You just get, everybody gets rejuvenated, including you. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Well, let me just share. I wanted to share a scripture with you. I don't want to be too long this morning, I, but I wanted to share this one scripture and then just have a little bit of a think together about our plans for the next few months, if that's all right. And this ties in really with what we were saying. If you go into Colossians 4, Colossians 4 and verse 5, this is a classic scripture verse for us as evangelists and I know most of you are pastors but with me you're an evangelist okay because I never want you to forget your first call that's what I'm here to do to stir you up 
to remind you. And, and why do I do that? Because Paul did that to Timothy. Paul was, excuse me, Timothy was a pastor. But Paul came along and said, don't forget, don't neglect the gift of evangelism. Because so many pastors do. So I'm, I'm on your case for that. <laughs> don't just count the sheep on the inside and have a party when you get to 100 or 200. No, count the lost sheep on the outside as well. I don't want to stop you having a party when you get to 20 or 50 or 100. Hallelujah. Have your party. It's really good. But then let's get back to work and get the lost ones back in. Yeah? Here in Colossians 2 and 5, walk in wisdom towards those who are outside redeeming the time. Wow. So this is Paul really teaching about how to deal with unbelievers. You've got to walk in wisdom. The word there is Sophia. And and, and so Paul, obviously, his heart is always for the people on the outside. And the word here, redeeming the time, I don't know which Bible translation you use, but redeeming in English kind of means, you know, to buy back, to buy back the time. It's not so clear, I don't think, in English. It's interesting, the Portuguese version that I was reading today is better, I think, because it literally says, uh, making the most of every opportunity. So in other words, Paul is saying to the Colossians, you've got to make the most of every opportunity with people on the outside. When, as you walk around, be wise towards those who are on the outside and use every opportunity. So God gives us opportunities. And you need to tell this to your, to your churches because, you know, people maybe as a pastor, you spend most of your time sort of in the church building or in cell groups, mostly around believers. But Many of your members don't. They spend most of their time with people on the outside, at work, at college, at school, at home. So they really need wisdom in this area. And I'll show you what wisdom is in a moment. But they need wisdom because God gives them opportunities every day. You know, it's like I said, the steps of the righteous man are ordered by the Lord. And so the Lord gets you to walk in certain paths that He's got people who need you. He's directed your footsteps towards the people who need God. So you have to be constantly aware of that. You know, years ago, I went into a, my whole life, really, you know, you walk around and you, you come across people who are in desperate need, desperate need. You just need to be constantly aware of that, that God can open up, open up um, opportunities. But um, then, then the scripture goes on to say this, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Now that each one there is referring back to those on the outside. So it's everything's about your word. Let your speech always be seasoned with salt. Interesting, the word speech there is logos, which you know is the word, okay? So let your words, see, see wisdom, is, wisdom is known by our words. The way we use our words, is the key thing. And so we have to use really wise words with people on the outside if we get to get them on the inside, if we're to make the most of the opportunities, if we're to redeem the time. We miss opportunities because of wrong word. We close hearts because of wrong word. Okay. You are your word. If your word belongs at the top, you'll get to the top. If your word is full of wisdom, people will sit at your feet. If there's anything you should develop in your life, it's your word. As a minister, you know that more than anything else. We are ministers of the word. So the question is, how rich is your word? How much wisdom is in every sentence you say? The Pharisees thought that by speaking lots of words, 
they would impress people. But it's not the quantity of your words, it's the quality of your words. How much meaning, how much life can you get into a short frame? You have to be very careful with your word. It's the principal thing. People are either attracted to you by your word or they flee from you because of your word. You have to practice your words. You have to develop your words. You have to be not just a person of wise words, but a person who is also has integrity with his word. You follow? You are your word. You live your word. But really, what I want to focus on is what's coming out of your mouth, because it's the key to hearts. That's what Paul's saying here. People on the outside come to the inside because of the words they hear. And that's what he's saying. You can redeem the time. You can make the most of your opportunity by speaking words of wisdom to those who are on the outside. Now, I know you all want to be fruitful. It's my heart's desire and for you guys to have very large churches and I, I don't say that just out of positive thinking but I believe that's the Lord's desire much fruit is what he said fruit that remain so how do we get those large churches how do the why do the multitudes why did the multitudes follow Christ because of his word so your ministry size is dependent upon your word. If your word is rich, if your word is full of life, and I'm going to use another word in a minute here, but if, if it is, then people will follow you. They don't follow you because you are Prudvi or because you're Peter or Rakesh or whatever. They don't follow you because of, they follow you because of your word. So if Prudvi's word is really, really wise, every time he opens his mouth, people go, wow, then they'll follow you. I like to say this, that you can tell when you've been in the presence of a man of God because you come away enriching. You, listen, you sit at his feet and you listen to words and you come away and you're like, wow, yeah, I'm better because of that. I'm bigger because of that. I have more faith because of that. I'm wiser because of that. My vision is clearer. I can go further now. You've been in the presence of a man of God. But what have you done? You just listened to words. There was life, faith in his words. Okay, same with you. So when your words become very rich, people are attracted to you. People want to follow you. And so you have to be careful to get rid of wrong words, both in, you know, contexts like this, we're, we're ministers talking to ministers. So obviously we're talking about the word, but also in your family, get rid of the wrong word. Also on the street. You don't have that luxury as a man of God. You are a minister of the word. You have to guard what comes out of your, your mouth. But not only take out the bad stuff, impregnate your words with life, with faith, with, with the message of Christ. Now, this is, this is the main point. Let, let's read it again in verse 6. Let your speech, your logos, always, not sometimes, always be with grace. There it is. Grace. You know the Greek word for grace? Charis. Charismatic. Grace. So what type of word comes from your mouth? Always. Grace. You don't mix it with the law. When you speak, you speak grace. You never, you, you, you don't go around telling people what they should do. You must do this and you must do that and you must do this and you must do that. You go around telling people what Christ has done. That's grace. Oh, pastor, I've, really, I've, made a, I've made a mess out of my life and I've sinned and I've, you know, and I, I've been unfaithful. And what's your response? Ah, oh, yeah, we've all fallen short. God is gracious. 
There's new mercies for you every morning. Hallelujah. There's no sin that's too dirty for the blood of Jesus to wash away. God's the God of the second chance, third chance, the tenth chance, the hundredth chance. How many times can he forgive me? Well, Peter asked the same question. Peter thought he was being spiritual when he said seven times. And Jesus said to him, no, seven times 70. In other words, ad infinitum. That's grace. God will keep forgiving you and forgiving you and forgiving you. Just trust in him. You see, I'm speaking words of grace. When I speak grace, it draws people to me. If I become, if I speak the law, I will be like a Pharisee. I make myself look good and make them look bad. Oh, you should be like me. I haven't sinned like that for years. How old are you? How long have you been walking with the Lord and you're still like that? Condemnation, 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 condemnation. Oh, those. So let your speech always be with grace. Um, I was teaching my children this, that often when we speak with others, we leave them feeling in debt. Never leave somebody feeling like they're in debt to you. That doesn't leave them in peace. You know, you win an argument with your wife. If she goes away, you won the argument, but she feels bad. That's not grace. When you're dealing with your children, you can correct their behavior, but never undermine their character. Let me explain. You should always affirm who they are, even though you can correct what they've done. So you never say to a child, you're an idiot, you're a fool, you're, you're a, even, even things like you're a little monkey, because <laughs> you're undermining their, their, their character, who they are in Christ. What you want to always be saying to your son or your daughter is, hey, you're a wonderful man of God, you're God's beloved. But then if they've done something wrong, then you make that distinction You say, hey, that wasn't great behavior. Men of God walk on higher, higher roads than that. And I know you're called to those higher roads too, because you're a man of God. So I affirm the person, but I correct the behavior. So I don't leave them with that terrible scent. Oh boy, I failed again. You know what I mean? I just give them that vision. Be in line with who they really are. So guys, if you can do this, and if you can teach your people to speak words just of grace, eat you know, fast words of condemnation. I think one of the best types of fasting you can do is actually not of food, but of negative words, of condemning words. Um, and, and the spirit will testify in you if you ask him to, to let you know what type of word you just spoke. Was it a word of grace or was it a word of condemnation? And, and so, but we're talking about evangelism here. And so this is the way you get people from the outside. Can you see that in the scripture? Those who are outside. I use the, the, the New King James Version. Let me just see what the King James says here. Walk in wisdom towards them that are without. Same thing, without, outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace. You see, it's the same thing, really. Hallelujah redeeming the time i've got many notes on this but anyhow this is this is this is something you need to teach your people to because they are walking with people on the outside all the time and if they can just speak words of grace now this really brings me on to my point for the day which is kind of what we're doing evangelistically because when i wrote the booklet seven good thing i wrote it because i wanted to try and help preachers and believers share the gospel of grace because I felt like a lot of people want to win their friends for Christ, but they mix their messages. And it becomes very religious rather than it being a proclamation of God's goodness. And so I sat down and I wrote down literally 
the seven key components of the gospel to be proclaimed. And if you've read the booklet, you know, things like no matter who you are, you are much loved. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. Romans, for whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, these points in seven good things are great. It's the gospel of grace, okay? Let your speech always be with grace. Let our preaching always be with grace. So no matter who you are, you're much loved. No matter what you've done, there's forgiveness available. No matter your need, there's provision. No matter what happens, it will work together for your good. No matter your weakness, there's divine strength. No matter if others reject you, God will always accept you. These, this is the, the gospel of grace. It just shows it's all you need to do is believe. No matter what situation you're in, no matter what background you've had, so, and I think this is why the strategy is, is being so fruitful, because like I said, people on the outside hear the words of God on the inside. Okay, so we've got to get this message of grace out. Hallelujah. Well, I do hope you enjoyed that session talking with the others but knowing that these principles can help all of us no matter where we are no matter what we're doing no matter who we're talking to so if we get our words right then it has a massive impact on people's lives so god bless you for this week look forward to being with you next week it's going to be another great session that i've got planned for you please do share these podcasts if you found them useful for yourself it's the word of grace that transforms people and of course, check us out on our YouTube channel as well if you want to see video rather than listen to audio. But we pray every blessing upon your life. Have a week of victory. God bless you.